0: Welcome to conservative Nation. today we have a very special guest that will be shedding light on how we take our freedoms and put it back in our own hands and I would like to thank and welcome April for joining us and tonight, the show will be hosted by persistent RN.
1: Thanks Mike welcome everyone uh, to the chat tonight I met April online um, in her YouTube channel in 2016. I don't know. Did you know, April, I've been following you for that long?
2: (laughs) Well, I know it's a long time, but I didn't know how long. Woo, that's a long time.
1: And, um, (laughs) I, uh, April has, um, put together, um, so much information on becoming a secured party creditor. And that's why I asked her to be here tonight. And so to, to get started, April, I wanted to ask you, would you share your background um, before um, being this investigative journalist on your own?
2: <laughs> well, I was I used to work for ABC News, so I, uh, I went to journalism school, worked for a newspaper and all that kind of stuff, decided that uh, I wanted to go into broadcasting So after I I went to broadcasting um, school, um, I started working for ABC News, and um, I knew something wasn't right. I moved to the City Channel in Aurora, Colorado. And then after that, I went to um, uh, KRMS down at the Lake of the Ozarks. And since I knew that everybody was the news directors weren't letting you say the truth. So I just decided after that, you know what? I cannot work for these organizations. I'm going to have to do something on my own. And so I started blogging. There was no YouTube at the time, nothing like that. And I just was using a a free blog software and I can't even remember what it was now. Um, And I just started putting news on it. And then eventually... YouTube came along and uh, I decided to take my broadcasting skills and put them to use by myself on YouTube. And then, of course, got demonetized. (laughs) I've been that way ever since. (laughs) The most discriminated broadcaster, right? I think so on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't play the games and I'm also at this particular moment, I'm on a 14 day suspension again.
1: Oh, my gosh. And can you share the reason that what brought you to the, to become a secured party creditor and put all that work and effort into figuring out how to do it? And so can you explain what brought you to that?
2: Yeah, uh, I actually lived around drug dealers for quite some time in, in this small town, and I knew that they were trafficking drugs. And I would see them go in and out of courts and wonder how come it was just like this revolving door. And I've been, since a, re, a reporter, I've seen over and over and over again all these people just, like, coming and going and and didn't seem like there was any justice. But when it came to stuff that happened to me, uh, it seemed like the full load of whatever was on me, whether it was a police department or, you know, whatever. And I thought, this just doesn't seem fair at all. And then one day, a guy, uh, it was my, actually my um, news Director, he sent me an article uh, about now. Some of you may know, and and I I still have trouble believing that people don't know this. But Heather Tucci and Randall Bean, and I didn't look at it for like two weeks because I was busy, and then when I finally looked at it, uh, I this article said that Randall Bean had moved a million dollars from his Social Security account to CDs, cashed it. I'm just giving the short version and um, bought a $500,000 RV and that when he went to pick it up, the feds were there and took him to jail, prison, okay? And I thought, wait a minute, before we even get to the feds part, I want to know how did somebody first get a million dollars in their social security account and then how did he move it from one location to the other And why would somebody be put in jail for something that they already owned? Those things did not make any sense to me, but were totally brushed over in every single one of the articles that I read about this. And I thought something isn't right. So I started investigating this, uh, what was going on here. And that's when I found out that there was an entirely different system of government that is based in common law compared to the corporate law, which we're all seeing corporate law. And it dawned on me at that moment, because I was hearing these common law court things, common law court things, and it dawned on me that when I lived back there where the drug dealers were, there were two different courts. There was a court that was the county court and it was just down the street from what was a common law court. and this is how I realized that it was a common law, that something wasn't right with the, the, the common law court. I mean, as far as like what you know. So the guy who was the judge in this common law court, I recognized him because he's the guy who was delivering my packages. He was working for UPS. And so we went to court. It wasn't I. I'm not the one who was actually going to court. I was just going with someone to court. And here I sit there and I go, why is my UPS driver the judge? This makes no sense to me whatsoever. And so I started inquiring about that because that's what I do. And I found out it was common law court. Didn't really say anything. You know, I just went over my head like, "Eh, whatever, district court, (laughs) county court, whatever. They have all kinds of courts. And then when I started investigating this thing with Randall Bean, it dawned on me that that is a different kind of a court. That's why the judge was could be the UPS driver, because he was elected, not selected, by the people, and he was able to conduct court in common law, and those people in that town abided by that, that common law, and that's how I figured it out. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, wow. So... Um You pursued further then and um, became a secured party creditor. And Mm -hmm. so for what reasons can you give us examples or what kind of propelled you to do that?
2: Well, yeah, because I saw corrupt cops (laughs) more than anything else. Corrupt cops, corrupt politicians. I knew they could railroad you because here I am a journalist. And I knew that they could railroad you into whatever they wanted to do. And when I started figuring out that you could push back on them, because they were doing things that was were totally unconstitutional, uh, illegal search and seizure, they do it all the time. Uh, putting people in jail that shouldn't even be there, harassing people when there's no victim, you know, uh, making people like for example in my in my town, they'll make you go to court for everything. I mean, you literally supposed to stop your day and go to court because. I guess they just want to see your face. I don't know. There's no reason to have to go to court for uh, a traffic ticket. You should just be able to pay the fine and go on, go on your way. There's no reason to go to the court. So, for mainly, it had to do with making sure that the cops were in within their boundaries, and that the Constitution actually applied to me, and I could, I had some kind of recourse against them. That's really what I wanted to do is protect myself.
1: And And so um, you've represented yourself on numerous occasions, um, correct?
2: Yeah, uh, I didn't really have to do a whole lot. I just wrote wrote letters to the court said see you. And uh, <laughs> been in different circumstances and I have to say, they're not circumstances that I created. Now, I don't know if anybody has ever been in a situation where there's cops and whatever, but usually when the cops come, they're taking everybody as a criminal. I mean, everybody's a criminal at that point. They don't even know, they don't even discriminate against anybody. That's Everybody's a criminal, and they treat them like crap. Well, um, so it, I'm just saying, it's not, these things have not always been of my making. Well, in fact, none of them have been of my making because uh, I don't go around committing crimes. <laughs> Right, <laughs> uh, You know, sometimes when you're in a, a, a situation when you're um, trying to help somebody or you're doing some reporting or whatever, there'll be cops there and, you know, they don't know what you're doing. So anyway, uh, I've been in some hairy situations where normally people would be handcuffed. Just they said, be on your way. I'm like, thank you very much. Have a nice day. And um, because they know what my status is. All I have to do is look it up.
1: And so can you address some examples to um, our participants where other situations where it's um, it protects you and also addressing the IRS issues?
2: (laughs) Yes, I can. so one example is, uh, I'm just going to do the easy one that everybody uses first, and that is the a traffic ticket. A cop does not have any right to stop you, actually, unless you are doing something that would be property damage or uh, bodily harm, okay? They cannot because it would be unconstitutional for them to do that. Uh, because they can't obstruct you. They cannot obstruct you from going from one place to another, regardless of what it is, however transportation you're going to get there, whether it's in a car or anything else. And uh, now when I first came to this city, I was getting like a, a t- traffic ticket. Like it seemed like every other week because I did, I had private plates on and I had not notified them of what my status was. So I write the judge, here you go, whatever. So finally, I think it was a third or fourth time that, one of the cops, they're all different cops, uh, said to me, you know what? If you just notify them, you probably wouldn't be having this problem. So I thought, yeah, you're right. I need to notify them. So what I did is I took a picture of my license plate because it was private, a picture of my American National ID because I didn't really feel like I had to give them anything else, and my UCC1, which is what you would file as a, a security creditor, a copy of my um, uh, executor letter, which... Again, is another part of being that, and um, a public servant questionnaire, which means that if they're going to question me, I get to question them exactly the same. Okay, so I gave all that stuff and sent it to the police department, the chief of the police, the internal affairs department, the sheriff's department, the uh, DOJ, and the—I mean, well, I sent that to the DOJ too, but uh, the. Um, Attorney General of my state, the Department of Transportation, and it seems like the Department of Revenue also. So six different places I sent that notification to because I'm like, you know what? I'm so sick and tired of these cops stopping me for no reason. It's not constitutional, and I don't want to deal with it anymore. And in the letter, I said, this is just for information only. And after that, no stops ever again. And I've had uh, sheriffs behind me and state patrol behind me and oh, all kinds of cops behind me, and they just come up. Some of them like come up really fast. Like, Ooh, we got one. And then they run it. (laughs) They just go away.
1: (laughs) So apparently the notice got through.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so that's one example. Another example was, uh, and I'm just going to tell you the super short version. Okay. There was a situation where I was picking somebody up, trying to get them away from drugs and so I always carry, always carry, uh, usually a 380, but sometimes a nine millimeter depends on whatever it is. So I'm always carrying and, um, I always carry conceal and just so you know, the second amendment does not have any limitations on it. You can do that without a license. We'll talk about that later. And, um, so, uh, at, at this particular thing where I was picking this person up, they're a secured party creditor also. Okay. Got into drugs, wanted to get out of it. I said, sure, I'll come and get you out and went there. They were acting like a crazy person, being very loud. Cops came. Um, Of course, they always separate you. And then he saw one of, there were seven cops. They they saw my um, gun underneath my arm and I was wearing a coat because I was talking to him about something. And one of the sheriff asked me, he goes, do you have a concealed carry permit? I said, you can't ask me that. And he says, why not? And I said, because I have a second amendment right. That's why. And that dropped. So then I'm, I'm talking to him a little bit thinking, you know, these guys are great. They're they're trying to get some evidence on me. And I know as a security party creditor, I own everything and I haven't done anything wrong. And I know cops will try to railroad you into stuff. So I said to them right then, I said, I hope you're not trying to gather evidence. And I did the same thing, you know, like with my fingers gather evidence against me because I'm telling you, I own everything and you're getting nothing. That is my right under the fifth amendment that I am not going to self incriminate. So I'm just telling you right now, I will be nice, but you're not getting anything from me or this other person period. Cause we own it. So I said, okay, no argument. So a little bit later, um, uh, they come out and they ask me, do you know what's in that silver case that's in the room? I said, nope. Computer parts, I have no idea. They said, okay, went back in, came back out a little bit later, and they said, well, there's meth in there, like a lot of meth. And I said, well, that makes sense to me. And uh, they said, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to take it, and uh, you guys are free to go. And that was the end of it. And that was three years ago, maybe. And never heard work, nothing done, because there's no bodily harm and there's no property damage okay I don't recommend carrying meth around I don't recommend getting in drug with drug dealers but you see I'm not a drug dealer I'm not a drug person I have nothing to do with that stuff uh, <laughs> I mean but you're. I wasn't causing property damage or bodily harm so there's nothing that they can do to me right right it's, it's the same with the other person they weren't causing bro- property damage or bodily harm either So that's that. Now with the IRS, so as a secured party creditor, you're supposed to file your taxes in a certain way if you want to get the reimbursement back, which is a whole nother subject. So I file my taxes and that immediately, because they hate me. um, (laughs) This doesn't doesn't happen to everybody. Okay. They just hate me and I'm a target. So they decided they were going to do an audit, which I'd already told them before. You cannot change my, um, taxes in your favor? Well, they decided to do an audit for 2017, 2018, and 2019. 2017 audit came out to be something like $18,000, $19,000 that they wanted me to pay. The next one was something around $53,000. And the next one was $99,000. And I thought to myself, eh, whatever, because I, I already knew what to do. So, uh, because in my position, I already know I don't have any money and I already know that the, Securities Exchange Commission has said, "I am the creator of all commerce." I have a letter from them saying that that I am the creator of all commerce that is generated because of my being. And so I just stamped it, accepted for value, put a postage stamp on it, signed it, sent it back. You know, done, done. Uh, and <laughs> funny. So I sent this to the various entities. I had to send it to seven. You guys have no idea how many departments there are of the IRS. It is amazing. And so I sent it to these seven entities, two of those entities, just recently. Now, remember, I sent it back to them, and they've already accepted my tax return. So two of the entities decided that they were going to tell me that it was a frivolous filing. So they've already told me and audited me. Accepted my taxes and in their stuff. And then over here, they say those are frivolous filings. So I took those frivolous filing things and I stamped them and sent them back. Then they send me a $5,000 penalty and I stamped that and sent it back. Done. So So, I'm like, you know, y'all need to think of something new because that ain't working. So were they essentially
1: just trying to extort money?
2: Uh, No, I think they were just trying to intimidate me, see if I knew anything. They might have also been trying to close some loops that were there. I don't know. But, uh, I mean. Can can you address, one? we were
1: chatting earlier today, and someone brought up the question. um, I stated about the January 6th prisoners. Um, And and that was really my final motivation, because I've been listening to you and following you. And, um, you know, we had that incident in Menards, where my husband and I were escorted out by the police department. And then January comes, and these people are held um, improperly. And then Mm -hmm. someone brought up, well, possibly, you know, Washington, D.C. is not part of the United States. But could you address um, the January 6th situation.
2: Well Washington DC is the corporation. Everything outside of it is the Republic. Okay? So that's one thing. You have to notify the corporation that you're not part of the corporation, that you're a live human. So if somebody would have been arrested who is a Security Party creditor, they probably would already been out. I don't think they would have, I, would, I think they would have run their license or their ID or whatever they have and just said, you know what, let that person go because this is going to be a nightmare. And here's why. Because when you're a secured party creditor, you can, and I'm just going to use the word sue, but it's actually lean. You can, you have recourse against the actual live human that is acting outside of their oath of office when it comes to the Constitution. And there's absolutely no one there that broke any kind of, uh, that's, you know, that like patriots. There's no actual patriots there who, who did anything wrong or against the Constitution. The only people that did something wrong is the FBI agents and those who helped them. That's it. Uh, the rest of the people didn't do anything wrong. And they should not have been intimidated. There are notifications that you make when you're a Secure Party creditor telling the government, the corporation, what the penalty is should you be held against their will, against your will or or false, falsely. Um, And also, not only that, the Supreme Court has ruled monetary damages to people who are held fraudulently from judges. So if they're, or police officers. Uh, There's a lot of Supreme Court precedent that um, you can use and if these people were secure party creditors, I don't think they would have been in jail at all. I don't think Roger Stone would have been in jail. I don't think Paul Manafort would have been. None of these guys, General Flint, none of these guys would have been in jail. None of them.
1: I Yes, I thought that would, had something to do with the corporation versus the, um, you know, the constitution. And mm-hmm. so um, can you talk about your process of, figuring all this out and getting it, you know, kind of in chronological order on your uh, USB drive?
2: Yeah. The first thing I did was I started out doing what Anna Von Reitz said, but I quickly realized after being contacted by a secured party creditor who happens to also be a paralegal, uh, he'd seen my show and he said, you know what? You got some of it, but you don't have all of it. And believe me, I didn't have half of it. Okay. So he told me what I needed to do because there were some people online that were trying to harass me and, you know, all that kind of thing. And and he was like, he knew and I knew that they had to do with the FBI. So we thought, okay, I need to file these papers as fast as I possibly can. So the first thing I did was I filed a UCC-1 with a private security agreement and a trade name document. That's the first thing I did. And that kind of put them in a little box because when you're doing that you're saying you're declaring yourself as a live human and that you are over what they call the straw man you are in charge of the straw man they are not and they can't come back against you because they would have to prove that you're not you and that will never happen so i had that in there i don't know maybe a month and then the next thing I did was I endorsed my birth certificate and, oh, and I had to send them some documentation also like my, a copy of my birth certificate and social security card and all that stuff with that to prove who I was with the UCC. Um, so then I endorsed my, my uh, birth certificate over and my social security card over to the treasury And uh, wrote them a letter Um, I'm trying to think what else was in there oh there was a form 56 which has to do with um, making them the fiduciary so that way I now get to say well I'm first I'm making myself the fiduciary I'm in charge of strawman. and from that point on and that has a that's a form 56 so I'm I informed the Treasury I'm in charge I informed the IRS I'm in charge okay so then now, I can go through and say, okay, in certain situations, the treasury secretary is in charge of this, or the one in Puerto Rico, you probably didn't know that, it's the Department de Hacienda in Puerto Rico, they're another treasury department, uh, they have certain tasks that they do. Um, so I can appoint different people to be fiduciaries over different situations, whatever that might be, including a judge, should I need to do that, Okay. Because now I'm the I'm in charge. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I sent with that. Um, and then I did a whole bunch of county declarations. Like um, I am here's my declaration of independence from the court corporate structure. I did an affidavit of truth. Um, uh, it's a W eight Ben sort of, but it's a form that's in lieu of that because the W eight Ben that you fill out normally. It has to do with religious exemptions, and a lot of uh, the Amish people do that. Amish people, (laughs) to separate themselves from a corporation, they fill out a WA then. And on it, it it literally says something about religious exemptions. So in lieu of that form, we file a county document that says we're separating. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, power of attorney, in fact. Uh, I think that's, oh, and an act of expatriation. Now, some people are afraid of the act of expatriation expatriation but they shouldn't be because what it's doing is taking you it's separating your live human and putting your live human on the land so your straw man's never dead it's still in there okay now you're just in charge of it so those kinds of things and that made me a secured party predator on solid ground yeah and that's the red thumb drive really And
1: I uh, talked earlier today a little bit about the redemption manual 4.5. I put a link for everyone on our wall um, to kind of start there. uh, Told them, don't print it out. It's 600 some pages long. Oh, yeah. But that takes you through the process, but not chronologically in detail the way your information does,
2: correct? Well, uh Yeah, because it doesn't have the bond. There's a couple of things in there that it doesn't have, and one of the bond the bond is the biggest thing. Now, see, here's the reason why 4.5 is good, the best one that you can get if you think you want to buy it. But there's really no reason to do that. Um, So the paralegal that I use, he the reason he became a secured party creditor is because he was railroaded into prison and spent 14 years there for no reason whatsoever and thought it was totally ridiculous and didn't know why he was there. And when he went to court, FBI agents were lying and all this kind of stuff. Well, he happened to be black. Okay. And he also happened to live in Dallas. He had a big company that was making $2 million a year and the good old boys didn't like that that a black guy was doing that. So they tried and tried and tried to get him uh, to fail. And that didn't work. And when that didn't work, they tried to drum up charges of mail fraud on him. And uh, he knew that wasn't true, but he couldn't figure out why he was in there. And so uh, he became a paralegal while he was in prison because at that particular time, they had a prison program for them. And he could have gone on to be an attorney, but he decided after learning that about the secured party creditor process through having redemption manual, the real one, in prison. That's the first one, and it's the, it's got like probably a thousand pages. Okay, had everything in there. He did everything by the book, everything the way he was supposed to do it, and he got out of prison. He discharged the three hundred thirty thousand dollar fines. He had two against him, okay? He discharged those, and he also put a lien on the prison. He put a lien on the court. Um, he got the judge kicked off, and he got the two FBI agents that lied about him uh, kicked out of their jobs, and currently he he's enforcing the lien. Now, it's taken a long time to be able to enforce the lien, Uh but he's just now all his his paperwork is now public, and I have the judgment. I just haven't looked at it. I just got the judgment like the other day, and he's going to start enforcing that um, very shortly. <laughs> and it's wow. money. Yeah, because he was incarcerated for fourteen years for no reason. Oh my gosh!
1: Oh, that yeah, that. But he made good use of his time, and now
2: he's- yes. And he's the right. one who said yeah. that 4.5 was the closest to the actual redemption manual than any of the other ones. He's the one who said that. I believe him.
1: Yes. And I put the link on the page to the, the free online version. They can right. download, um, not print out, but they can if they want to. But they can always reference it, you know, and read through it on a computer. So um,
2: well, I'm also. Suggest, I would also suggest if they do that, they, they put it on a thumb drive and leave it somewhere else that's not connected to their computer in case for some reason they try to scrub everything every, everything online and everywhere else from that book. Because that's what they did with the first one. They have scrubbed the earth. You can't even find it. The closest we have right now is half of it.
1: Wow. So how about some um, questions? Are you ready for some questions, April? Sure. Mike?
0: All right. Our first question is Damien. Damien, your mic is
3: unmuted. April, I just want to say I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I I love hearing. uh, Well, you know, I've been on this life journey and me and Persistent were talking the other day. And I, I am just so thankful that she brought you on. Because I I think I've gone through my process. Um, There's there's some things missing. Uh, I've -hmm. registered my name down at the county of records as far as you know, uh, capitalized names and copyrighted it. Basically, there was a whole cover sheet of certain things and affidavits I had done. Mm -hmm. Um, I had my birth certificate authenticated to the state attorney general and then on to D.C. I just had that done in September, but mm-hmm. I have not federal taxes since 2006, but I, I do it in a different way through a, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Peter Hendrickson, but I do it through a form 4852. I've, I filed oh, a I've, heard
2: I've heard uh, of it, but I don't, I've heard of the, the form 5832. Is that what you said?
3: Forty eight fifty two.
2: Yeah. I've heard of it. Haven't done it that way though. Doesn't mean it's wrong i just haven't
3: and it's been a constant battle um <laughs> they finally took my job filing a lien using a third party to do their dirty work last it'd be a year november so mm-hmm. i'm not complying I, I went on my own I'm, I'm a tradesman so i was able to do that it's been rough but it, it, it's working out okay but i'm still getting these letters of lien and i know the irs system's dead anyway But having said that, in that system, um, it'll be interesting to see what steps I've missed because I didn't file letters uh, like you did because I've also got a a land patent, but I don't know that it's done properly either. But I keep getting these letters. I actually just kicked two United States Treasury agents off my property a week ago because I've got signs posted on my, and I don't know that I'd been able to do that five, ten years ago. (laughs) are my life experiences so i'm wondering um it's more to just having the authentication and letting your license expired because i have a right to travel but i had never contacted the dmv and done those letters so is that i guess that's what i need to do then i need to go through your steps of notifying these people it's not just
2: yeah well think about it this way okay so biblically speaking. What does the Bible say? Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Okay, so Caesar has this system set up, right? And everybody's compliant. But Caesar also says, if you can find the door to get out, I'll let you out. But you got to let me know. And if you do it this way, then I'll let you out, right? Now, I forgot to tell you also, in that stuff that we do and and, um, Barbara knows, you also have to file a bill of exchange and a chargeback, okay? Uh, the, that goes to the treasury as well. And if you don't have certain documents filed, you really have no leg to stand on. It's amazing that they even got off your property, but the no trespassing signs probably did it. But see, when you haven't put in a private security agreement, you haven't, you haven't actually claimed every single thing that you own, including the voice that's coming out of your head and your DNA, your RNA, um, and actually, amazingly, this particular document also says something about your mRNA. Um, so all of these things that are happening right now, you would own, they would not.
3: Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be looking into your process because I think I've missed a few steps. I think I'm there. I'm just uh-huh. missing a few steps. But I love okay. your analogy with scripture because I love it when people throw that at me when I, when I try to explain it to them. And I always use the fact, render unto Caesar. Well, who was Caesar? A Roman Empire. We live okay. in the United States. Sovereignty, freedom, right? So it also See? says, follow the law of the land. <laughs> so there you that's go. Right.
2: So, and that's so in I, order to I'm... be a peaceful person, in order to be a peaceful person, make sure that, you know, you do what's right. I really feel like notification is a huge, huge issue, putting all of your pieces together and then making sure the notifications are done so that you can use the process that they've actually put there for you. Um, And not. Huh?
3: Starting within the internal revenue service as uh, the internal revenue code. Not many people understand that words have meanings. Like for instance, I don't hold public office. I don't, I don't partake in the quote special privilege which is where they get you i don't receive a federal check i don't live in their federal territories you cannot audit and change my return which is what they try to do i went through the same stuff you did with the frivolous and i just keep sending it back but i've got a whole book thick files of 2006 on forward because i keep everything but But but, you gotta
2: remember this okay your straw man never dies right and you're over the straw man the drawman is still there, which I am grateful for, because I am running for District 3 county legislator. Now, District 3 county legislator is a fictitious entity, isn't it?
3: That's in the corporate structure.
2: I know. And so is my strawman. And in order for me to make that county, that to make the District 3 county legislator strawman work, it has to have a live human to do it, right? So I'm telling, my, I'm telling my straw man, I, I'm i telling you to go over there and get that seat. And when you do, the live human is going to come over there and make it work. Do, does that make sense to you?
3: It does. Hopefully okay. it'll be simple by the time we get through this shit show. But hopefully, you know, <laughs> but it does make sense.
2: Yeah, because I know that Rand Paul is a secured party creditor and so is his father. And so are the Democrats interesting yeah because they understand the difference between a congressman which is a fictitious thing and a live human making the congressman work
3: thank you for for, for this interview i and, and i i love your wealth of information i'll be looking more into to, to your process and see where i went wrong
2: <laughs> well i you're probably you probably it sounds to me like you got some some stuff going there, and that's good. But I also want to tell you that you have to file the stuff in New York. And the reason you file it in the New York's UCC is because that's where commerce starts, right there on Wall Street. And that is also a national and international filing.
3: The authentication of my bond, my birth certificate, it doesn't stop there. That doesn't free me from anything. And recording it in my drawer, not down at the records, with, with the county, but actually I recorded it under God in my records. But I have the, the gold leaflet that you can't divide or take, take away. I've got the original, and I made like five copies. I carry it in my car. My concern is these courts are not listening to the affidavits, and they will not prove jurisdiction or constitutional authority for me to even enter their institution. So I'm sure there's illegal administrative warrants out there for my arrest. And
2: so well, that's, okay. that's okay. Once you file all your paperwork correctly, you can write it. I never I never go to court. I don't go there. I just I just write a letter to the judge using um, case law. But I can tell you once you become solid, they they do listen. Because they know that you have, you do actually have recourse in it and a leg to stand on. When you just have a few things done and you don't have a billing exchange, you don't have your bonds in, you don't have your notifications done, they're just like, eh, you don't know what you're doing. So we can do whatever we want to you.
3: Dude, that, that's, that's okay. I'm, I'm missing some steps somewhere. Thank you so much.
2: You're welcome. All right,
0: Tina, do you have a question?
2: Yes. Hey, thank you so much for coming tonight. Um, before I asked my question, I noticed that on Google they were calling you a scammer and making it sound like you were crazy and need to be stopped. And it just know. pisses me off how every time someone goes against what they want, you know, they just trash their
1: name and it. it just makes me so angry. So kudos yeah. to you for just giving them the finger. um so my my question is but when you do this are you kept from getting your retirement your social security and your pension
2: no because it goes to the straw man you're the beneficiary right
1: oh If I can interject, I'm a secure party creditor and I keep getting my monthly social security checks.
2: Yep. Uh, The paralegal, he just turned 65 and he already, he applied for his social security and he's getting it. So it's your money, it's your stuff. You got to remember your position. The straw man gets the check and you're the beneficiary of it wow okay
4: gotcha thank you so much Mm
2: -hmm.
5: if
0: any members have a question if you press the middle button we can see your hand raised and we can call upon you accordingly and then janelle your mic is unmuted
5: thank you um um for um all the information that you i've heard a little bit about the straw man and um birth certificate. But I also have a question. I can't think of what it is right now, and maybe you would know. I kind of asked a question the other day, and maybe it was answered, um, and I wasn't on the chat. But um, what is this about um, your social security number and all of the businesses from the time that you were born? Uh, I can't think of the website. It's UMEI or ME something. That There's a website. If you put in your social security number with the dashes. All of these businesses come up with your Social Security number that have been opened in your name all around the country,
2: Yeah. The world. That's, true. that's true, and I can't remember what it is either. I used to look at it a long time ago, but suffice it to say you've got billions of dollars in your name, and yes, they are trading on your, your Social Security number every single day and every single month the government takes out another $5,000 bond on you And it just keeps rolling and accumulating and accumulating over and over and over and over again. And the only reason I know that is because before they closed the site, Fidelity Financial, some of you guys probably went there and looked, before they closed the ability to look at that, you could actually look and see how many bonds you have and what the amounts were. And I fortunately was able to see two of mine. One was... Uh, like 53 billion with a B, and the other one is like 26 billion with a B. So, you know, I can't possibly spend that kind of money in my life. So, I'm pretty sure I'm covered for just about anything that I want to do.
5: What was that last sentence uh, that you can do? What you want to do?
2: I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm covered for anything else, anything I would want to do in my life <laughs> like a house, a car, whatever. I'm covered.
5: I hear you. That That's pretty interesting. Thank you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: April, can you tell everyone how we can find you in the future, too, before we uh, get another question?
2: Yeah, um, I, I'm i probably going to be – I'm trying to push everybody over to Rumble, and that would be rumble.com forward slash April and June. I'm also on YouTube for now, but like I said, I'm suspended for 14 days, well, 13 more. And, uh, that is youtube.com forward slash April of June. I'm also on Twitch and you can always go to my website, aprillejune.com. Uh, you can send me an email, April at aprillejune.com. One thing that will be there is my website because <laughs> I have a really good, um, hosting company and they're mainly conservative. So I don't, I don't expect to be, um, going out soon
1: there like like prior right
2: <laughs> yeah I they've tried real hard to take me down in fact the people online who, who tried to take me down and kept saying that crap about me literally had their YouTube's wiped out do you know why because they were deemed the scammers
3: oh good <laughs> news
2: I know. So all of that, all the videos, there was like 162 videos or something. uh, They're gone. And all the little affiliates and fingers of all that stuff. Now, there are probably some out there that they didn't catch. But uh, (laughs) I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. So you're the scammer for real. For the win, do you have a
0: question? I do not. All right, and we'll be going to Nomo Europe. Nomo twenty-seven, your your mic is unmuted.
4: Sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Hi, April. Um, I'm specifically curious uh, when you were talking about your story about you um, helping your friend out yes. and okay. you were concealed carry um, with the kind of common law, uh, I don't know the specific lingo, uh, like kind of, you know, separating yourself from the corporation going that route. What, what would happen if, you were actually in a situation where you had to um, use your firearm and then there's an investigation afterwards. You know how they take you. Even if you're completely in the right, no matter what, from what I understand, even if you use your firearm in a self-defense situation, they're still going to take you to jail, like, because they have to like figure out what actually happened, even if it's completely obvious that you were in the right. What, how does that apply to like uh, you being separated from the corporation? Where are they even allowed to like uh, detain you? If uh, you get what I'm asking,
2: Yes, I get what you're asking. Now, you said there's two things because I think there's two se- s- different situations. One is you said it's completely obvious, okay? So if it's completely obvious, they're not going to take you to jail, okay? Because the what does the Second Amendment say? There's no stipulations on the Second Amendment whatsoever, okay? You can carry, you can you can defend yourself. Now, if it's not completely obvious... It's possible that you would have to go to jail because we just we just had somebody. Now he didn't use his gun, but he had one in the car. And he before he became a secured party credit creditor, he was a felon. So it took us. Let's see. I think he was in there July second or third, through, like he got out right before Christmas. Okay, but he stuck to his guns. He said, "I am. I do not consent. I do not consent." The judge. Literally said, I'm going to. He said, I don't need an attorney, I don't want any of this stuff. But the judge did it anyway and said, I'm going to enter a not guilty plea for you, which makes the judge the trustee, which was a huge problem for the judge. And after writing, I don't even know how many letters we wrote anyway, um, he finally was let out um, on a plea deal now. We, we were just trying to get him to get out. We wanted him to get out before we slapped the judge. So um, now he doesn't have any, any record, nothing like that. But see, you the question was if it's completely obvious. I don't think they're going to take it. Like if Carl Rittenhouse, they would have just let him go home. They know he's not going to run. What would be the point of that? You're in the right. So, and you've given them all the notifications. They know that you're not going to run. So there's really no reason for them to fear that you run. Um, If you decided like this guy who was in there, he didn't really need to be in there. That, That really is violating his constitutional rights. If he wanted to, he could be a mean guy and put all kinds of liens and all kinds of things on the judge and the cops and all that kind of stuff. But as a person who is, A forgiving person like you're supposed to be, you would just say, you know what? I know you guys made a mistake, and I'm not gonna hold a grudge against you. Um, but you gotta stick to your guns and you can't be weak. If you get Yeah? yeah,
4: was that individual also separated from the corporation in that in that instance? I didn't catch that.
2: Yes, he okay. He had a felony, all right. He had a felony prior to uh, becoming a secured party creditor, okay? So, he came, he did some work. We we made him a secured party creditor. He didn't have any warrants or anything like that for his arrest. Then, before the 30 days was over, and I'm just going to tell you this right now because he did not listen to what we told him. And we told him, you need to stay right in this location because he was with his dad. You need to just stay here and wait for 30 days until your bond is seasoned. We know that it's there, nobody's rebutted anything, and just well and we'll make the notifications. You need to make sure that you don't go anywhere. Well, he was antsy and wanted to go party down in Florida. So he pulls in Florida. He wasn't even there 24 hours. And they pulled him over and they said, You're a felon. You've got uh again in the car, so you're going to jail. <laughs> we were like what did we tell you what did we tell you you haven't made any notifications you haven't let the bond sit there for 30 30 days and you're he was he's not super young but he's young enough and we we were like well, this is why you need to listen to what we're saying okay and so anyway He got in there and now he had to stick to his guns and we had to serve the papers. We had to keep writing letters. Tell them, judge, you're out of order. You have no jurisdiction. You have no jurisdiction. You have no jurisdiction over and over and over and over again, okay? Until the judge finally figured out, we're not going to give, period, end story. Um, You're trampling the guy's rights and if you don't let him go, then we're going to put something on you. And so after a while, checking out all the stuff, because now all the stuff is in the treasury. The bonds are there. The bill of exchange is there. All of his notifications are all over the place. Now the judge can look it up and go, true, I better let this guy go. And he did.
4: Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you. I, yeah. Cause I was curious, you know, it, the difference, you know, obviously you were talking about, okay, you're just concealing and the cops like understood the whole deal, but in the situation that like, unfortunately, if that were to have to arise, I'm trying to think of like, what you're supposed to do if you are separated from the corporation and you have to like, you have to like, Deal with that.
2: You're just going to have to deal with it. I mean, I'd shoot them. At least I'm alive. That's just me. That's what I would do. I just shoot them and deal with the consequences later. I mean, you don't know what they're going to do. The one thing you can't predict is what other people are going to do. You know what they should do, but once they figure it, you got to remember we're dealing with paper and how we're dealing with a business. Okay. Okay. They're in the business of generating commerce. Everything is a commercial crime except property damage and bodily harm. Okay, now in this particular situation, it's bodily harm. So at that particular point, they're going to, and they should rightly investigate if they don't know and it's not obvious, they should investigate whether or not that was a righteous shooting or not. If it's obvious, they're probably just going to let you go home. And they'll say, you know, we'll we'll, we'll deal with this later. Just go home. Like, see, that's what happened in Kyle Rittenhouse's case. The cop told him, just go home, right? Because he already knew that was a righteous shooting. It was the people who were tyrannical that went after Kyle Rittenhouse because they wanted to make an example of him, which didn't work. If he was a secured party creditor, this would have never even probably been a huge story. It would have just been pushed under the carpet like, righteous shooting, bye-bye now.
0: Does that answer your question?
5: Yeah. yeah, Thank,
0: thank you,
4: April.
2: Uh huh.
0: Humble, do you have a question? No. All right, Damon's back up.
3: Follow up question, because uh, and I forgot to ask you this, April, I I heard you uh, on your um, talk about common law courts. It was my understanding you didn't have any common law courts uh, in, in the system at this time. Is that per state? Maybe some states do and some states don't. Or do I need to do something to locate that in my area? And how does that apply to, say, a traffic citation? Could I run that through the common law court?
2: You can't run it through the common law court. The cop would have to give it to the common law court. Okay, but there's only three common law courts in the United States of America. One is in Colorado and Antonito. The other one is Alaska, and I can't remember where the other one is, but it seems like it's somewhere in like New Mexico or Arizona or something like that. And that's the only three common law courts that I know of. Now, as running for the position that I'm running for, I'm going to investigate whether or not we could actually put Three common law courts in the county of Jackson County, because we right now have stacked courts, uh, which are now I don't know if you guys are Democrats in here or not, but they're stacked with Democrats. So you're not going to have a shot if you have to go to court. It's going to be whatever they decide. And that's going to be the way it is. There will be no fairness, no constitution in any of those courts. And I already know that. So the other thing about common law courts is you can you can actually vote people in. Now, I know that you're going to say, "Well, we vote people in." No, no, you don't. You just think you do, because have you ever seen two judges on the ballot for one ch- one seat? It's always one judge, one seat.
3: Mother, and right I already know how it works. (laughs) You won't hear that from me.
2: Right. Well, some people might say, say that in the room, but the reason is, is because lawyers do not want to run against somebody and lose and then have to go into the courtroom and take their cases before somebody that they ran against because the judge is biased. So if we didn't have lawyers that were judges, and we had people who understood the Constitution as judges, they would be able to actually do constitutional case law, constitutional law, and measure these things that happen and the statutes which govern corporate things and to see whether or not it's constitutional at all. If something is brought before a constitutional judge that is of the people and understands the Constitution, this statute they could look at it first and say, is this statute even constitutional? If it's not, then it needs to be dismissed. If it is constitutional, then you need to be able to judge fairly on that particular thing. And my mind first comes to gun laws because there are no laws on the books that are constitutional. None. Zero. None.
3: I agree. And I've been telling people when they come when they want to get a right to carry, I said, why would you go? That they don't understand that everything in this country is contractual. You do not go and give up certain rights you've already got. You're involuntary giving up certain rights when you get a license and you sign that dotted line. You're already protected under the Constitution. When it comes yeah. to attorneys, they're under a bar association. They're they're of the corporation. You're not going to get a lot. That's why you get all these plea bargains and stuff. They're part of the system. But anyway, yeah, yep. I'm very familiar with all that. But no, I was interested in the common law course because that was my understanding. I didn't think we had any set up. So thank you for that. That 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 makes sense to me. There are awfully false today though.
2: If you're using, for example, I'm teaching a letters class, and see, so so after you become a secured party creditor, you got to learn how to write letters to different stuff for different reasons, whether it's a mortgage, a car payment, uh, court, uh, whatever, county officials. Stuff like that. So I'm teaching this class on how to put a letter together using constitutional case law and how to look up the uh, constitutional things that you might need for that particular deal. All right. So when it comes to traffic, let's just say, um, there's a bunch of constitutional case law that goes with that, including uh, the Supreme Court has already ruled you cannot take a privilege, I mean a right, and turn it into a privilege and charge a fee. Now, what does that mean?
3: Section two forty two.
2: That's right. And you can you. That means there should be no business licenses. There should be no licenses for doctors. And I know some of people are like horrified, uh, but no doctor, no no licenses for building contractors. No licenses for barbers, restaurants. None of that stuff. No driver's licenses. No licenses for anything because they're taking their rights. And turning them into privileges and giving a false endorsement by giving them a license. That is a false endorsement. And they will not take the liability when they give out that license. Because don't you think, think about this logically, if you go somewhere and you see that they have a business license, don't you go, well, that guy is much better than the guy without a license? Isn't that the first thing that's the first thought? Well, that guy must not be very good because he couldn't get a license. And so, but the city's not, the city's not backing that up. You get a bad haircut. They got a license. You have a bad building like the Hyatt Regency that fell down in Kansas City and killed 200 and some odd people. They had a license. Every single one of those contractors, that was a building inspection. It fell down and killed 200 and some odd people. But do you think
3: you have more rights than we do?
2: (laughs) That's right. So these kinds of things give false sense of security. And all they do is you are paying people to harass you in business. And the Supreme Court has already ruled that that you don't have to do that. If you're a secured party creditor state, you just write a letter and say the Supreme Court has ruled that I don't have to do that. And here's the Supreme Court ruling, da 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 da, and be off with you.
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the process one has to go through because Article One, Section Eight, one through eighteen, says it all. And um, people don't understand that either. But we shouldn't have to go through this process, but we do because it happened at birth. It all starts with that bond, that birth certificate.
2: It and does. If we don't
3: do that it status. You're in trouble.
2: That's right. And what happens is, see, they make it so that your parents are in charge of you and and they they lie to your parents and they tell you that this is just to make you a citizen of the United States. Like that's something great. okay? which in our minds, that would seem like something great because we're just thinking, oh, we're an American citizen. How wonderful is that when actually that means that you're part of the corporation and you are signing over your child to the corporation. They don't know that. They don't know this is a subrogation bond. They have no idea. So graciously, the government has given you till the age of seven to opt out of that particular contract. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know any seven-year-olds who go before for any courts anywhere and say, I would like to not opt into the corporation of the United States of America. I've never heard of it. So they're hoping that you don't find that out.
3: Absolutely. Thank you. Uh
2: Uh-huh.
0: JW, do you have a question?
2: I do. Hi, April. Thanks so much. I'm learning so much tonight. Oh, well, thanks. And actually, what you just mentioned about children was going to lead into my question. So when you have, like, I have teenagers. Can Mm -hmm. I do anything? I always have to handle my own first. But if they're not adults yet, can I still process to get them have the same situation. You, what you do is you claim them, and I think it was—I just saw. I think it was a TikTok video just this afternoon about this woman. And I think she was on MSNBC, and she was saying that children, we we need to we need to think of them as a corporate thing, so that we all own them. Okay, this this is why you need to own them. You claim their birth certificate. You claim their social security number. And when they turn 21, not 18, then they can become a secured party creditor themselves. Okay,
1: thank you. Do you have information on how I go about doing that for them?
2: Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's so simple. You you put yourself as the secured party creditor and then you just claim their birth certificates and their social security numbers and then if I had to notify certain people, I would be notifying certain people like social services if they're involved in your life or whatever. You have no claim here. So be off with you. Um, you know, they'll back off. They will back off. And by the way, if you guys ever, ever have to deal with social services, the first thing you should be saying is I'm recording everything you do and and do that because they will back right off. Great. Thank you very much. Uh huh.
0: Wow, I kind of have a question because um, we have many mothers that's going to be speakers on here um, that's dealing with CPS and their kids have been taken from them. So if they did the creditor um, thing, would that help them get their kids back and their rights? Or
2: yes, but they're going to have to be very um, firm and not take their threats. And see, if you're in a secured party creditor position, okay? CPS is stepping outside of their oath of office because they're supposed to be protecting children, right? And they don't. They actually, they say that they're gonna work with people to get them back together and they don't. Um, And sometimes they'll put them with people that they shouldn't be putting them with, okay? So these are big concerns because CPS is one of the three largest children's trafficking organizations that there are. So if it was me, I would want to get my children out of that situation as, as fast as I possibly could. So I would become a secured party creditor as fast as I could, and I would give my notifications that um, you have no jurisdiction here, and I want those children returned return to me in 40 in. in 24 hours or 10 hours or five hours or whatever. I think 24 is good. And if that does not happen, that you will be putting a personal lien against all of their stuff and they will lose their job Um, because you can do that. I think I'd probably also be taking pictures and showing where those CPS people live. And if I can't show where they live, I'd be telling them where they work. I'm just saying.
0: I appreciate that so much, and I'll definitely pass that information on, and I will definitely send them your email so they can get educated on what they can do, take their freedom back, and um, I appreciate that so much. You're welcome. nomo twenty-seven, you're up.
4: Yeah, just to piggyback off of. JW's uh, situation. Do you have to, as a parent, do you have to already be separated from the corporation in order to claim your child?
2: Yes, yes, you do. Your children are considered property. Uh, uh, just so you know, the birth certificate. When a birth certificate is filed, it is filed in the property division of the state. So that so you're when you're putting in your um private security agreement, you're claiming all your property, which includes your children. Because until they become 21, they can't be property on their own. You know what I'm saying? So um you have to be a secured party creditor to be able to claim your children. And I think that's a great way to uh get people to leave you alone. You gotta be tough though. Like
4: that I want to be left alone too. Thank you, April. Uh-huh
2: I'm just telling you you guys when you're a secured party creditor, you got to be tough. And you got to know how to uh, you're 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 living in the world but you're not of it. And you have to know when to push back and be firm, but not be combative. Okay? That you don't want to do, but you do want to be firm.
1: So April I notice that it's um 10 after nine how are you on time
2: i'm fine it's, it's just whether you guys are fine or not yep. mike how are you on questions
0: oh we're we're good i mean long as people walk away with information that's exactly what this is for and that's what's important
1: so well okay uh-huh how is have you heard from Kevin
2: uh, I have not heard from Kevin but I will tell you this um, his moderator called me just a minute ago and she can she can text me but I don't know why why they would be calling me right now probably to host their show because while Kevin's um being incarcerated see Kevin should have been uh, uh, um, uh, if he was a freeman on the land, he would not be going through this stuff right now. In Canada, it's called Freeman on the Land, and he could have pushed back against the government, uh, but because he's not, he can't do that. So uh, the uh, RCMP, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, are actually an army division of the Canadian military. They're not really police, and they are not allowing him to file asylum papers even though both sides of the United States of America and Canada knew that's what he wanted to do. So there's a big issue with that whole thing there. And he can sue the United States of America border patrol if he wants to. And we're, we're encouraging him to do that.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time this evening. We've posted um, the website, your website on our wall. And
2: um, Mike, do you have anything else? Well, let me tell them about my class that's coming up. Okay, so if you decide that you want to be a secured party creditor, here's what I'm doing. Uh, The thumb drive itself, the red thumb drive is $450. But listen, and I do this for everybody because not everybody can do $450. So instead, on February 17th and 18th, I'm doing a class on the thumb drive. It's $250, all right? Now, I'm going to go through every single one of the documents, and you will get the PDF. So see, I'm a kind of person that I like to do stuff myself. So for the cheapest way, most efficient way possible, but I like to do that. So if I was in a class and they told me I could save $200 and just get the PDFs, I would get the PDFs and i type them myself, okay? Which you can do. And because, you know, I think everybody needs to be a secured party creditor. So Anyway, if you want to do that, it's February 17th and 18th. It's going to be on Zoom at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Now, if you go through that class and you go, I really want the thumb drive, you can just pay the extra 200 and get the thumb drive. Okay? I will tell you there is a little bit of advantage to getting the thumb drive because you get constitutional case law on there and a whole bunch of stuff like a credit repair book that I wrote. And it's so much easier when you are a secured party creditor to fix your credit. And um, there's also um, the federal rules of civil procedure, federal rules of um, criminal procedure. There's also the federal rules of evidence in there. There's a thing about mortgages and how to... Get rid of your mortgage, um, discharge your mortgage stuff. Uh, there's um, what what is lawyer craft, because that's what we have in America is lawyer craft. So there's a lot of things in there. That's just part of the library that's on that thumb drive. But you can decide whatever you want to do. Now, if you decide that you want to take that class, I do have an agreement. And it's a secrecy agreement between you and me that our conversations are private So if you want to ask any questions, you can do that. And the reason I do that is because I want to make sure that you and I are on the same playing field, a level playing field where we can exchange information. We don't have to worry about each other. See all the stuff that I told you tonight is the FBI already knows. So there's nothing proprietary in this. Um, But when I'm giving you the documents, that's a different deal.
1: Well, thank you so much, April, for taking time to be with us this evening. It was just an honor to have you. Well, thank you.
2: I enjoyed the questions. (laughs) I thought maybe I might not know the answer, but I did. (laughs) So will you be on tomorrow? Are you going yeah, to-, I'm supposed to be on my regular show tomorrow? And that's going to be on youtube.com forward slash Liahona Broadcasting because I'm suspended from the other one, rumble.com forward slash April of June, and Twitch TV forward slash April of June.
1: And I'll post the alternate on the wall for the YouTube channel.
2: Okay, that sounds great.
1: Okay, Mike, do you have anything else?
0: Um, I just want to tell you, thank you very, 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 very much. I really appreciate it, and uh, this is stuff that we really, really need to know.
2: Well, if you have uh, any more questions, just let me know. Email me, and I'll be glad to help you. Thank you so Thanks much, much April. April. You're welcome. Goodbye.
4: Goodbye. Goodbye.